0: What's Up ABQ is a proud member of the Barillus Podcasters Guild.
1: I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And this is Season 3
2: of What's Up Q. And welcome back to What's Up Baby I am Ryan.
1: And I am Chris.
2: And today we have...
3: Joe Matson with ZB Botanicals. And Megan McDevitt as well with ZB.
1: Welcome to the show, guys.
3: Thanks. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, so kind of explain what ZV Botanicals is.
3: Okay, I'll answer that. Um, so um, I'm Joe. I'm the founder and the CEO of ZV Botanicals. And I started ZV Botanicals to blend the aspects of Ayurvedic healing, which has a long history going back to India, thousands of years. It's the base of like medicine, if you will, all the way to modern medicine. And cannabis, how they work together because they're both herbs. They're both part of the plant kingdom and when you combine them together both for oils for the body as we love in Ayurveda or tinctures to take internally to really have measured doses to learn how the plants work you have magic. I was using it for myself I had a lot of issues with my health and then my kids and then my clients it kind of has a long a long history and then all of a sudden I decided to make this for the public.
2: So what sort of ways can it help people?
3: Well, so when we Ayurveda, I'll start with Ayurveda because that's that's really what my background is, and and my connection to to Albuquerque is one of my most wonderful teachers, David Frawley, is in Albuquerque, and Dr. Basant Ladd, who has the Ayurvedic Institute there, also was the teacher of most of many of my teachers, and so I have this you know wonderful connection back to New Mexico. And Ayurveda teaches us how to be in tune with nature. It teaches us about the elements: uh, space, air, fire, water, and earth, and that we all everything on the planet everything in the universe, including humans and, and our mind, are made up of these three different energies or doshas that are different combinations of the elements. And when we learn what our dosha is, Um, either more based on wind or more based on fire or earth, um, very generalized. Then we can find out what helps bring us into balance to where life is kind of cool. We're working with the flow and things don't seem too rough or when we're doing things that work against um, our balance and then everything seems to be like salmon swimming up river. And then you bring in the element of cannabis, which helps to regulate our endocannabinoid system. And our endocannabinoid system is an actual system in our body, scientifically proven. And this science, this system in our body, it's kind of the umbrella system of everything, of our immune system, of our nervous system, reproductive, our lymphatic, how our cardiovascular, gastrointestinal, all services work together. If we haven't really taken care of and balanced that system, and that's where cannabis medicine comes in, specifically CBD in this instance, and we're not living according to our true nature, it's hard to be well. And so we're a wellness company. And what we do is we incorporate routines and oils and also teach people about how they can heal without having pharmaceuticals leading their life.
1: So I I just turned 46 and, you know, I have the uh, I wake up and my joints hurt and, you know, or I work, you know, work out in the yard and I come in and I'm like sore. If I, if I came in, how would that work? How would like as a customer, a first timer, like I've never been in before, how would that, what would happen? Like, what would be the, the process?
3: So are, are you asking if you were looking like I, so I'm a counselor, that's that's what I actually do in my life is I'm a counselor, but then I started this business. So if I were counseling you, what would I recommend? Is that what you're yeah. asking me?
1: Like, well, like how okay. would, I've never been in before. I don't know anything about anything. I'm just like,
3: so I would ask you a lot of questions that you would think yeah. have absolutely nothing to do with your joints. You're like, Hey, I, I don't, you know, why are you asking me, you know, where I was born and where my parents Parents were born and why are you asking me? I'll actually ask you about your bowel movements and we'll get details. I'll talk to you about what you eat, when you eat, what time you go to bed, what time you wake up, how you deal with stress. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. And then we will start uncovering or pulling back like these layers of an artichoke, like to get to the heart of the matter, right? And to find out are these issues because of just age, which is a cop-out answer in many cases, um, or are they associated with other issues that have to do with your immune system being maybe out of balance. Maybe you have toxicity built up in your body because you're not properly digesting your food or impressions from your senses. Uh, I would talk to you about how you handle stress, what your triggers are, what your dependencies are, you know, whether those things that we love that we come to when we're stressed. And then we would come around probably about an hour into this conversation and we would address your pain after being out in the yard okay. and look at what aspect is creating that. Because it's not just because you're working in the yard and you're 40 something years old. It, it goes back maybe an injury when you were 18. And so then we really are going to look at the structural, that you know, your spine and your muscles, or maybe it has something to do with some inflammation because of something, you're eating that is affecting you, or maybe you're low on vitamin D and you need some herbs to help to balance out whatever it is.
2: Are there typical issues that people here in town more often than not have when they come to you?
3: Anxiety, stress, um, which usually are related to, or also, you know, there'll be comma, gastrointestinal issues, comma, pain, And I would say pain and anxiety, probably the top two. And cancer is um, a good part of my practice. I work with a lot of patients that have cancer, clients that have cancer. Um, They're either coming to me because they only want to do something that is based on natural herbs or medicines, or they want something in a combination with Uh, more allopathic treatments. And ultimately, what what I do in that case, and that's become more of a specialized area that I never expected, and that's because my dad had cancer. And so I started working with my dad. And when I worked with my dad, I learned the power of cannabis with cancer, and it's profound. And when I learned that, I started really diving into, well, why didn't we know this before? And why is this still something that is considered taboo? And why are half my clients, I recommend this to, kind of looking at me strange, and they're dealing with all the propaganda that they grew up with. So when I started uncovering the history of all of this, I got angry, because I looked at, okay, wait a minute, so this used to be a plant that we used forever, going back thousands of years, just like Ayurvedic herbs, same, just exactly the same, you know, but in different ways, you know, any herb can be really good for you or really toxic for you, depending on the use. Often it was used with other herbs. Often it was used in, in areas like we're talking 42,700 years ago in China as one of the top herbs in their pharmacopoeia to deal with what we would now call ADD um, and inability to focus. Oh, wow. So I learned this and it changed everything. And I, I just, you know, I became more of an activist for, to get people out jail for cannabis. I decided to start a company incorporating cannabis into my product lines. The word I used was audacious because how do I I wanted to just spread Ayurveda to the world. That was my number one passion. And then I watched my dad go from stage four metastatic melanoma throughout his organs with two months to live and Crohn's disease and high blood pressure and trial attorney and army colonel and all these different like high, high stress lifestyles completely heal from cancer using only Ayurveda and and cannabis. And that changed my life. And So now we have ZB Botanicals.
2: I'm a cancer survivor myself, you know, and I hear when it comes to cannabis, you know, people, treatment for people who have cancer, but Do you have any insight for people who are, you know, maybe they're survivors, maybe they're in remission?
3: Definitely. So here's here's a typical conversation with me and my dad who lives on the other side of the country. Hey, Mm -hmm. dad, you should be out of tincture now because, you know, preventative medicine is the best way. It takes a lot more time to turn around a big ship going in the wrong direction than if you start steering it correctly from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And then his typical answer is, yeah, I think I still have some left Mm -hmm. in the bottle. And so my response is, no, dad, it's been two months. That should have been empty a month ago. You still need to take it every day. You know, I really believe in getting to the heart of the matter and not just depending on herbs. You know that that's not what I'm about. But at the same time, we live in a very different world than we did a thousand years ago, as far as the toxicities in the air, and the water, and in our clothing, and in our mattresses, and in our houses, and in our workplaces, and our grocery stores. I mean, it's everywhere. So we need help to balance. And as a cancer survivor, I'm a Crohn's disease survivor, and I was on chemotherapy for five years. I was sick for 20 plus years of my life. I have Graves disease, and I most likely have rheumatoid arthritis, but I just refuse to go through the testing. And I use preventative every single day of my life, and it's a discipline. I take CBD mostly. Um, I also do THC tinctures and and different forms of THC, especially, you know, both inhalants and foods and, and topicals. I use it on my body every day on oils. Um, I've watched skin cancers go away. I've watched people with cancer. If they don't go into remission and they don't survive, I've watched them have a much more pleasant passing according to the ones close to them because they were more at peace. So they found like some relief in their anxiety anxiety or peace in the, just the peace in passing.
1: I have a friend that had stage four cancer and they gave her like two months left and she's, she switched from regular medicine to, uh, to like a, a, some sort of cannabis form and she's still alive. It's like been 10 years. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, no, I don't wanna go into my whole story cause I don't know how much time we have. I should have asked at the beginning, but when I was diagnosed with Crohn's back in like 1991, I was a teenager and I was immediately put on pharmaceuticals and told you'll have this forever. You'll be on meds forever. It will get worse. You'll lose your colon. You'll take, you'll have a bag. I mean, it was like the worst thing you can tell a 19 year old, right? And I was in the outside Savannah, Georgia, like where am I gonna go for holistic medicine in 1991? <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're just getting out of like Reagan and Bush years, right? There's not going to be a um, whole lot of holistic grocery stores around. And I got a book on alternative healing and I started, it was like an almanac. I still have it. And that was my introduction to there might be a better way. There might be another way. And, and it also was my introduction to the mind-body connection. And especially looking forward now, 30 years later, how much of my history, if I go back and make a, like an arc graph of all the times I was sickest, I can also look at, oh, that's when I was leaving the Catholic Church. That's when I realized I didn't believe in my parents' <laughs> politics. That's when I went through a divorce. I mean, all those things match up mm-hmm. yeah. with different times of illness. And if I would not have gotten off the allopathic drug train I was on, I would be dead right now. I'm 100% sure because I had many nights where I did not think I'd survive the night. And I haven't taken a pharmaceutical for Crohn's disease since 2004. Preventative is everything.
1: You're actually the second person I've ever met uh, with the Crohn's disease issue. And the other person opened a dispensary in Colorado. He tried everything and they basically told him the same thing. He was going to have the bag. And then he was like, well, maybe I should reverse everything and try to figure out something else. And he found, he he was like, I smoked weed when I was young and I went back and started smoking again and it helped. And so now he owns a dispensary in uh, Pagosa Springs, Colorado. So...
3: I love it. it. You know, and that's exactly how so close to how my story went, because, you know, especially in college, I would, you know, I'd smoke a little weed and it would help me eat. I was always underweight and struggling to have energy to do things because I, I just nothing would stay with me. Everything went right through my my system. And um, and I was a super type A stressor. I mean, I was got to get the best grades, got to graduate top of my class, got to impress my parents, got to get into law school, got to blah, 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 you know, work right out of college. And um, I crashed really young, <laughs> when, and then after I had so then I went in and had small bowel resective surgery after five years of chemotherapy and thirteen years of prednisone and all this other crap. And when I was in the hospital, high on morphine, is when I decided I'm not doing this anymore. I quit, and so my doctor fired me and said, if you're not going to do what we recommend, then we can't be your doctors. And I said that's fine. You know, acupuncture, massage. I went through your teacher training. I became an Ayurvedic counselor. I was trained in Reiki and all kinds of different energy healing modalities. I started studying from some of the most beautiful spiritual teachers I could, I didn't even know existed. And I turned my whole conversation in my head around from that type A guilt, impress everybody, care what everybody thinks. I think Smoking a little weed helps you with that because you're like, I don't really care what you have to say because I feel right now I feel good in my soul and if I feel good in my soul and I know that I'm not hurting anyone, then how can I be breaking nature's laws right now? I'm not. So, and my, my kids didn't want me to go to jail for dealing drugs. They're like, Mom, you're making drugs for all these people and what if they catch you? And so we don't want you know our mom and my thank goodness my now 21 year old was smart enough to think that one through. So we went legal and and that's what ZV is. So Veda is a name of my company. And Zana is one of the many old Sanskrit words for cannabis. And Veda is the, the second word of Ayurveda. And Veda is the sciences or the teaching thereof. And Ayur is life. So Ayurveda translates the, the science of living or the science of life. And so I took that and and played it with Zana Veda, like the science of cannabis and, and wisdom of, of the plant. And um, it's a lot of words. So we we, we shortened it to ZB.
1: So Megan, how did you get involved?
4: So me personally, let's see, let's go back. I graduated from the University of New Mexico in 2011. So go Lobos. Sorry, guys. I I love them. (laughs) And then about two weeks after graduation, I moved to Washington and I started growing weed with my best friend. Actually, she was pre-law at University of Washington. My story is pretty funny. It starts with... (laughs) We were broke after college, imagine that. So we had to trade um, a longboard and a couch for some clones and some grow gear. And wow. that is how I started learning to grow weed from some hippies in Seattle. I would love to thank them. They got us going. We had a dad's house for a summer in Seattle because he was a, he had a weird work schedule. So we had a fat house at 22 and we were growing weed. Kept going, kept going, got a few harvests. We got pretty good at it. Uh, then I moved back, moved to Oregon to keep going because Oregon had uh, better laws to be, on, you know, like more yeah. medical. My godfather said I had to get a one of those real jobs he keeps talking about. So uh, <laughs> I took a job at a bank. Yeah, I was a bank manager for a little bit, but um, I had a farm. And um, so it's kind of awkward when like people with dreadlocks would walk into my bank and people would be like, uh, how do you know him, Megan? Oh, I don't know. I just, I'm just nice to uh, I don't know. So um <laughs> it's Oregon. Come on. Like
2: I, I'm, I'm, I'm a <laughs> former Pacific
4: you know. know. So we were doing that and then uh, legalization was on the cusp, but we'd been doing it for years, you know, and my godfather's a, um, he used to work for the IRS. He's a CPA. So he's the one that inspired me to go into accounting because I'm a tax preparer. So about the time of legalization, I told him I was going to bring him all my, my friends needed help. So we're talking, I'm bringing in all my buddies from Humboldt. Northern California. They all needed, because in order to go into like legitimate cannabis world, you had to file taxes. I'm just loading the office up with all my buddies. Dad's like, how do you know these people? Oh, these have been my friends for years, Dad. And he's like, so we, uh, if you Google us, yeah, like we were the first cannabis CPA firm. And then actually my corporate job is, it made me sick, a kidney disorder. So I had to go down to the Mayo Clinic. I mean, they wanted to put me on all these meds and stuff. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing it. Like, why would I take a med? that is supposed to, that causes me nausea when, you know what I mean? So I was like, bro, I'm just going to smoke a bunch of weed and eat it. They asked me to like eat the weed because the smoke is bad for your lungs. I'll give them that much. Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But I'm down at the Mayo Clinic in Arizona, man. And I I can't get weed down there. I'm illegal to fly with it. You know, so it's like even when CBD was illegal. So that was horrible. I had to get back to Oregon ASAP. And then um, my cousin took me over to Joanne's a couple years ago. And I meet this wonderful, wonderful, beautiful woman that's just you don't get this good at people in the cannabis industry not to be mean like i love them but like this woman is like the top 3% of the cannabis industry i go to her beautiful home and she's nice and like god this woman wow and then i start using her product i'm like okay this product actually works this isn't one of those fluff you know what i mean like there's a lot of fluff in the industry that doesn't work i go i've traveled the whole west coast i've worked in the caribbean i worked with uh, gaston brown on their can- medical cannabis program i've done the whole west coast and I've traveled a lot doing this, and this woman's product was, uh, it, it worked. So I introduced her to my godfather, we get her tax work, and even he goes, man, she's so nice, you gotta keep her nice. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to no. keep me nice right now. <laughs> no, 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 she calls me the drill sergeant, cause I'm like, God, you got the best product in the world, we have to get it out no matter, you know what I mean? Like, we gotta get this out there, like, we're on a timeline. You know this industry moves fast. You know every hour it seems to be changing. So I came on as a, I was gonna help you some. I think I was gonna help with some taxes, and then it kind of transformed into this. And then the what really put made me really, really, really join was I was sick last spring and. I was out of it i was in the emergency room i was so sick well this was i had covid oh first, post-covid right then, post-COVID. Uh, yeah but it was like a month or so after my covid got cleared i'm in the hospital because they think i have meningitis and like you're so out of it when you are that sick and i just knew to call joe i was still counting you know what i mean i was still just doing some books at this time like i was like it was like the relationship wasn't that strong yet And i knew to call her and next thing, Joe's leaving me these little like video recordings on my phone, like yelling at my doctor, don't you dare give her the needle. Don't do a spinal tap. Don't you dare touch her. I'm like, oh God, Well, because I, I was looking at the blood
3: work and it said like... one thing. Yeah, th- 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 she sent me her yeah. blood work and like one doctor had said, this is the problem. And so we're going to treat her for this. And then another guy said, yeah, OK, well, let's also do a spinal tap and just see. And like, you don't just do a spinal tap just to see if oh, you've God. already diagnosed oh. something by blood work. Let's try it for a couple days. <laughs> Is she oh, yeah. is she dying at this it's moment? A lot of what I do as a counselor is to teach people to stand up for themselves because a lot of people don't know how to stand up to their doctors. They're afraid.
2: Oh, I was just to say I, oh, I have a so spinal tap. Having somebody that that is your advocate is amazing.
3: It's amazing, and, and it's so important. We had lost sight of her for a few oh, days. I, Megan kind of went off the charts. We couldn't find her. So yeah, it's like, I mean, that, and I that's know, the problem. That if you don't tough, have an advocate in a hospital for you. And nobody's speaking for you. And then we don't even know she's in a hospital. I didn't know her that well, but like she wasn't returning messages. I'm like, whatever happened to that? Like what happened to her? Well, yeah, she's apparently in a hospital going through hell.
2: When I was being treated, if it wasn't for a friend of the family who was in on the experimental back in like early 90s, experimental treatments uh, and like the mortality rates for Kids with cancer. So okay, do this. Don't do that. Try this. Don't do that. You know, I probably wouldn't yeah. be around.
3: Yep, that's it. I owe it to um, Joe. You like, you're out of it. So she now is my sales director. <laughs> oh, there we go. Long um, and, and uh...
2: we are at about our halfway point. So we will take a quick break, and we'll be right back
1: hey guys it's chris here from what's up abq it's that time of the year people are getting sick you got the sniffles somebody's coughing you don't know what's going on you're like hey i better make an appointment with my doctor and you find out that could take quite some time well i'm here to tell you about southwest labs they make medical testing easy and simple you can skip the hassle of making an appointment with your doctor they offer a variety of tests including std testing prostate screening diabetes And hey, they have that all-important COVID-19 test. Simply choose your test, get tested, get the results, and you can even uh, get a doctor's interpretation virtually. Southwest Labs has locations in Albuquerque and Las Cruces. Just call 505-609-LABS or visit southwestlab.com. So hey, if you want to get lab results and you don't want to wait, southwestlab.com.
0: Your business deserves to be talked about and recognized, and the Borellos Podcasters Guild can help do that all of the podcast members podcasts in the guild reach an especially diverse unique and sophisticated audience hyper-localized to the Albuquerque metro area. We're proud to serve the interests of our community and we want everyone listening to know about your business. Advertising rates are ridiculously affordable and we'll showcase your ad on this and all our members' podcasts throughout the month. For advertising information, contact us at info at Guild.com and visit our website at Podcastersguild.com.
2: And we're back. And today, uh, we'll have you reintroduce yourselves uh, so people get a feel for who you are and what you're about.
3: Great. Um, my name is
1: Joanna well, matten Hamburg. It. So it's, it's Joe <laughs> from Ziggy Botanicals. So we're doing this via like a uh, Zoom. So it's kind of hard to get the, you know, the vibe of who's going to talk for everyone that's listening to the audio podcast. So Yeah, so, there's
3: a little bit of a delay.
1: Yeah. So th- let me say this. So I remember, I think it was about five years ago. So I host a different show called 10 Minimum. And um, we got invited to do a, a podcast at the Hemp Fiesta at uh, Balloon <laughs> Fiesta Park. And I'm actually not, I have a job that I work with. I can't really imbibe in any kind of like cannabis or CBD. They actually don't allow CBD as well. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to, i like to be a journalist and i like to see what's going on and i expected this whole world where like i expected like a gathering of the jugglos. i thought it was going to be like a sublime <laughs> concert you know it's hempy <laughs> and right. i get there we set up and i was shocked at how much of it was like very medicinal and very much of an like there was a very older crowd actually because they mm-hmm. were there to learn they were there to learn about healing they were and that's where i met the guy who actually owned the dispensary in um, pagosa springs so mm-hmm. My question is, is like, what kind of roadblocks and what, like you talked about propaganda earlier, what kind of roadblocks and what kind of propaganda do you see for your industry before you guys become seen as like a legitimate thing?
4: I might have to take answer this one first for a few minutes. Right. We have faced so many fucking roadblocks. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> insane, bro. Like, I don't even know how to like, I could tell you stories that like, you might not even believe me so hard, but like, um, I'm a so decided cannabis accounting. I've had a legit farm. I've had, uh, you name it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I really Mm -hmm. did go to college for over six years and I get called a drug dealer on a regular basis. That's great. I've dealt with the DEA. Oh, that was fun. That was, (laughs) that was horrible. And it was because we, um, as a cannabis accountant, I'm helping drug dealers. You know, that's what the, that's what they say, but it's like our defense is they're filing taxes. You should be thanking us. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's like, let's see, I've been, Shopify shuts us down all the time. PayPal shuts us down all the time. I mean, you name it. It's just a different world for us. And it's just every day there seems to be new laws and and we keep doing it. No, It's it's a a passion. It's It's a passion project. Joanne will tell you some great stuff too.
2: I want to know, how how close do you guys think we are in New Mexico to going legal? Even
4: Uh, when you guys go legal, you still have to have a way of regulating it.
1: Yeah, oh, I totally do. Because I, like I said, I went to that dispensary in Colorado and I was shocked at how regulated it is. It's it,
4: overly regulated.
1: The equivalent to me is how in New Mexico, how we regulate craft liquor. So from the, from the seed to the, to the product, you have to document the process every single <laughs> way you have to weigh the product when it's wet, you have to weigh the when it's dry. You have to show your waste and you can't, you can't actually like compost the waste. You have to show it. And like in Colorado, they have to deliver it to a certain place. You can't just use it as compost. And I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty interesting. but like, so people out there don't know you, ha- it's like from the seed to the product. It is documented every step of the way. The liquor industry is oh, the same yeah. way. It's like almost identical. It's crazy.
3: Let me, let me answer real quick. Let me answer real quick to something. Um, when I started this business, so there is to clarify. So ZV Botanicals, we're a wellness company, but yeah, and we are a CBD company, but we use CBD derived from hemp. And that is a Oh, it's so hard to talk about that because every state's different. There's no real understanding of what that means to most people. Some people imagine like industrial hemp, these tall scrawny plants growing with full of seeds that makes rope and paper. And it's amazing. You can make a rocket ship out of it. Somebody like just made an airplane out of hemp. It's been happening since early 1900s. However, you can also have a beautiful cannabis plant that is a medical grade plant that would have in many cases THC in it that's been bred out of it. And once it's below 0.3%, it can be designated as Hemp. So many companies are getting through kind of these loopholes of we're a hemp company, but you put it next to an exact same plant, let's say call it Blue Dream or Oregon Dream or Bubba Kush or whatever it is, side by side. They're the same plant, just one has more THC than the other. That allows us to have much more flexibility in the market. It allows me to ship to fifty states to people's homes. I can't necessarily sell in fifty states in their stores, but I can sell to people in their states. And you're what you're gonna get from my product is gonna be far beyond what a lot of people would go to get on a store shelf anyways in that town. Because it might be made from hemp pressed seed, it could be coming from another country. The future I see that I hope and, and really, really pray will happen is that the whole the federal government decriminalizes it and we don't have to have this insanity of regulation. We have some like make sense rules. We're treat, we treat it properly depending on its potency. But, you know, Washington's done a terrible job. Um, you know, my company's based in Washington state and, um, you know, everything's in plastic and it's just, it, the, the waste is so awful. And so I think, unfortunately, the lobbyists get involved and lawmakers make these new laws. They have no idea what they're doing. It has nothing to do with the medicinal or the therapeutic qualities. It has to do with money. And and until we can get past that, and um, I wish I could say I had more faith in the process. It took me a long time to get a bank account. Mm-hmm. Took me a lot took me two years to get square
4: to approve my business. And we just got approval two weeks ago or two wow. months ago when I can't remember. Um, it's not an easy industry to, to be in. Well, and in addition to like bank accounts, you guys like not to interrupt or anything, but it's like this ties right along. This is the only industry in the world where you can show a, a loss on your profit and loss and still pay taxes on over a hundred grand. Because under the 280E tax code, you don't get to deduct ordinary business expenses. So when you think about your business, think about any business you've ever had. You don't even have to be a tax guru to know this. You get to write off marketing. You get to write off all that. 280E says, nope, nothing. I've seen it with my own eyes. I had a client uh, show an $80,000 loss, and he paid taxes on 130000 So it's like, let's just kick you twice when you're down. It's hard to get up and do yeah. it every day if you don't really believe in it. You know, I mean, if if I didn't see
3: the plants and smell the plants and touch the soil and, and, and look at the oil and work with these ingredients with my hands, I'm actually in my kitchen right now or my commercial kitchen that I um, where I make my products. And we, if our farmers weren't so dedicated and the people that buy the products didn't continually buy them again and again, month after month, no matter what the price, if they're on sale, not on sale, coupon, not coupon, I don't think I'd still be doing it. You know, I probably would have just called mercy and quit about mm-hmm. six months ago probably halfway through probably last summer, right around August. (laughs) And then, you know, Megan's been amazing at keeping me going because there's so many things to bring us down to try to get us to fail. But it, it's those folks that come back. And like I had a woman, 85 years old, show up at my door two days ago because we have this huge store. I'm in the middle of a snowstorm right now, which is super exciting. And she did not want to take any chance that she'd run out of tincture this week because she swears I'm keeping her alive. She's had cancer for five and a half years and she's only taking my stuff. So, that's why I keep doing it, even though the government makes it really hard. <laughs> and the pharmaceutical industry and the alcohol industry and all the lobby is fighting against us.
2: So we have an important question that we ask everybody that comes on our show. And, okay. and it, it also has to do with plants in a way. Okay. Yeah. okay. You know, what's of baby Q is very much pro-New Mexico, pro-Albuquerque. The question we have, we have two questions. Okay. First one is for, for each of you. So, you know, decide now who wants to go first for each of
3: them. You go first, Megan. Let's do it.
2: Okay. Two questions. First one is. Red or green? Uh Oh, it's green. Good choice. Good choice. Okay. And, you know, if you're in Albuquerque or, you know, wherever, you have a favorite place to get really good green chili, where do you go?
4: Oh, my God. How do you pick just one other than my friend's grandma's house, which is always going to be No No, no, And Everybody
2: tries to see grandma's house, not a relative's.
4: I'm going to keep it original. We're going to go with the Frontier because I love them more than anything because they're across the street from UNM. And UNM was some of the happiest days of my life. So it's oh, it's going to be Frontier's going to win every time. So
1: okay. I don't know. Joe, Joe, have you ever had red or green chili?
4: Yes, and I would say green for sure. Oh, there okay. you go. Okay,
1: all right,
2: all right. Okay. Do you have a favorite place for green chili or maybe a brand or you know whatever?
3: <laughs> Honestly, I would say my own because I don't hey, I, I just I'm, I cook. I'm a cook. Okay. All right. No, I I used
2: to when, when I lived in the Midwest, I I grow chili too. So, I hear that.
3: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Good questions. I was getting a little nervous, actually. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> where are we going with this?" one hey,
2: Megan, hey, you're hey, first. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you know, we really to, we'd say hatch or lemitar, but you oh, know,
1: <laughs> fight words. Hat. You say hatch. Okay. Oh, all right. oh, oh, she says hatch. All right. On a, on a more serious note, uh, you guys talked about like you know the stuff, the roadblocks against you from like the federal government. How often or not, though, do you guys run into, like, people who are in the same industry, but their product is is ridiculous or it's bunk or whatever?
4: Megan, you get to answer that. (laughs) Every day. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry. Like... I run into a lot of people that I'm not going to like, I will never knock someone's hustle. Okay. I'll be completely real. Like I have so much respect for people out selling things, but there's a lot of crap product on the market and it makes my life so much harder. The most common thing I get is people say, I tried CBD and it didn't work. So then I go, fine, I'm going to give you mine for free. And then you're going to call me next week and let me know how much you love it. And they go, what? I go and like, because of all the problems, some other people cause like we have to go fix it because like they put a, they didn't know what they were doing. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean? Like you got to have a quality product because you're just yeah. like really hurting the people that do have a quality product when it hits the shelves. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I found that like a uh, talking to people so, I mean, every day. Like Joe, how about you? Have you, have you seen a lot of that kind of stuff?
4: I have a
3: different perspective because I come from the Ayurvedic and, and kind of more of the natural healing world. And I, and I'm not as much in the cannabis industry. You know, I, I don't come from the Megan comes from the cannabis industry. I don't, you know, my first foray into like, I'm in the cannabis industry now. I was halfway going through a divorce. My kids are about to graduate like high school, college. I'm in that crazy, you know, midlife crisis mode. And I go down to uh, Humboldt for an event. I'm invited to the, I'm a yoga teacher. And I'm invited down to teach yoga at the Emerald cup, private party before. I don't even know what the Emerald Cup is, which is like the biggest sun-grown organic um, competition in California. It's a big freaking deal. I have no idea. I just show up, you know, I'm like 45 years old, you know, kind of classic yoga teacher. And there's, alien billboards and just crazy shit going down on this property and built in security guards everywhere. And I'm in a grow hut with a bunch of mice. And I'm like, Oh my God, nobody knows where I am. I guess I'm in the cannabis industry now. So I can like put this in my little, you know, column of, um, I'm in, but I come from the world of Ayurveda <laughs> conferences and um, cleanses and yoga. I teach yoga retreats around the world and I, I so the way the people I've met that make products like mine, they're usually like me making them in their little kitchens and they make beautiful products and they've just not gone big because it's so expensive and daunting and, and you could lose everything. So, so it's a little different for me.
2: So w- what would you tell somebody who's listening who, you know, has maybe heard of how, CBD or even Ayurveda can help, but hasn't quite taken that first step. What, what would you tell?
3: I would say, I'd say come to our website and check out a little, learn a little bit about Ayurveda and take a dosha quiz, but wait one more week. Cause we're releasing a new website and it's going to get way faster in about a week. Um, no, but I would say, you know, CBD is on its own. If you can find a full spectrum that's grown organically and you know that it's tested by a third party and you are, taking it as not a distillate, not an isolate. Honestly, from a medical perspective, you want to have it from like an organic ethanol extraction so that you keep all the terpenes and the cannabinoid content at its, at its most optimum. Spend 30 days getting to know your the plant because everybody's different and everyone's going to have a different experience, but you have to give it some time. And then I would also say um, from an Ayurveda perspective, find one thing that's a habit that you know you need to change and kind of Start looking at what impulses bring you to do that habit and then see if you can incorporate one positive new thing in your life just to start seeing the shift in your story. You know, I could give you a bunch of like, oh, drink ginger tea and put ghee in your food and stretch and do this breathing exercise. But honestly, you got to start just listening to who you are and knowing what your issues are before you start getting like new pills to take and teas to drink.
2: Uh-huh. And you mentioned a new website. What's your new website?
3: Uh, it'll be zbbotanicals.com, same title, but um, it's a custom built site that's super swanky fast and uh, it's going to hopefully have a much better user experience. So, websites going, you know, another challenge of the business is we can't say everything we want to say, and we have to constantly be careful of. You know, I would love to sit on my website or in like an interview, not necessarily a podcast, because I can say more things on a podcast, but and be able to really make a recommendation on what I have a very good, strong indicator that will work for you. But we can't legally do that. So our website has been um, it's been a real challenge to try to get across the importance of, of what we have and what we're doing without making claims on a drug and going to, and getting shut down so okay. it's a dance
1: if people could help you one way if there's one law or one rule that people could help you overturn what would it be
3: one rule like a law,
1: like law, like what law Ooh, would that's be? that's a
3: tough one. It's going to be. I would say instead of legalizing cannabis in different states, and so right. it takes it off of each state and regulate how they may want to work with it right from the beginning and then regulate it, every, it. It's not right. And unfortunately, the government uses arbitrary numbers like this 0.3%. That it has to be less than that THC to be considered, you know, safe. It's just it's bullshit. And you have to have enough THC. You wanna have higher amounts of THC. And you could increase that number. It was an arbitrary number by two guys. It was almost a joke. Kind of like, well, I won't get into politics, but it was almost a joke how they came into that number. And it's become some new like (laughs) biblical law that we have to abide by it. And those things need to go away. And people with therapeutic medical background should be making these
4: decisions and not lawmakers. And that would help everybody. And for me, I'm going to say, uh, 280 needs to go. that 280 nonsense needs yeah. to go. It's just, you know what I mean? It's like, if they're going to pay some of these guys are paying so much in taxes and they're still treated like scum, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's so horrible. And it's just like, it's sad. You see people are like, you know, That's the one thing that's going to get them. And if
3: I could say one more thing, too, you know, we are we actively support um, Last Prisoner Project and there's other there's another nonprofit, other nonprofits, such as this very important organization, which rallies behind and helps to advocate for the release of all prisoners that are in jail across the United States for drug offenses, nonviolent offenses. They all need to be let out of jail and they need to be given support to get back into society. If if anyone's going to be making money, especially these huge companies like Select Uh and, and other companies then if they're making money then everyone that's in jail for cannabis or or these petty crimes like the Douglas Michael or I can't think of the man that was released a couple days ago 20 something years in prison and he was set up by an undercover cop He was homeless. He should have never spent a day in prison. And so all those people need to come out of jail, first and foremost.
4: One more, too. It's also, um, like, in Oregon, if you're a felon, you can't go work in the cannabis industry. So it's like, it doesn't make any sense. So you're telling somebody gets in trouble for cannabis, then it goes legal, and he or she still can't work in the industry. So it's like, it's keeping it's bullshit. It doesn't really work. I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's like, there's like internal, like I call it one, internal racism within the industry where it's excluding a lot of people. So mm-hmm. like 10 years ago, yeah, he was a drug dealer. Now it's legal, but now he can't go back to the industry, you know? It, you so know, I and it if I could, if I could it, say it's one more thing, d- it's not sustainable. Yeah.
3: So when I started really, and a lot of your listeners probably already know this, but many may not. I, di- I mean, I didn't know this and I was 40 years old. Um, you know, the prohibition of cannabis and the whole drug, the drug agencies to put everybody, behind bars. This was systematic racism on purpose. So, you know, the Nixon error, they knowingly made these laws to knowingly put blacks and Latinos in jail to stop the integration of our society. And that needs to be stopped and needs to be made public. You know, the whole country, the whole world, because then our country put pressure on every other government around the world to do the same thing. And everyone turned their back. And until we fix that, we will never be a free society in any way, shape or form, especially when we're talking about a plant that can save your life. It's just it's it's the rest of my life. I will fight for this.
1: Awesome. Well, I I think we're at the end right now.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We're at the end. Is there anything else you guys would like to share before we wrap it up?
3: Just thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.
2: And 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 again, if people want to find out more about this was fun. Yeah, of course. Uh, If people want to find out more about what you do, how do they do that?
3: Ah, uh, they can go to our website at zvbotanicals.com, and through there you can um, you can send emails. You can also send an email, just a direct email to zvbotanicals. Um, actually, what is it, Megan? You can send it to Megan. How about we, have we give your email? Megan at uh, zvbotanicals.com.
4: Uh, and then hop on Instagram, zvbotanicals.com. Instagram, and then no, sorry, it's going, it's pausing on my side. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it's, we're we're getting the, the do pausing. Well, yeah, you said on Instagram is zvbotanical. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you guys. Yeah, it's thanks so great much. That'll be, be the best way. Thank you.
0: What's Up ABQ is proud to be sponsored by Daisy Sticker Company, fun stickers and affordable prices. Do you want your business, group, or team on a decal, cup, pop socket, or business card? Just contact Daisy Sticker on Instagram at Daisy Sticker Co. and now find them on Etsy at Daisy Sticker Co. One. They'll print your artwork or design custom made artwork for you. Add the promo code PODCAST for 10% off your purchase daisy sticker company cool stickers and cool prices look for them on instagram at daisy sticker co and now on etsy at daisy sticker co1 they help bring you what's up abq
1: Hey everyone, it's Kurt Fletcher, host of In The Rye Podcast with Kurt Fletcher. I've been a professional stand-up comedian for several years and I've met a lot of great people throughout my career, so I decided to start a podcast to talk to some of those people and share our stories in the entertainment industry. Go to InTheRyePodcast.com for more information.
0: This podcast is a member of the Bareilles Podcasters Guild, and we can advertise your business or organization. Get more info by contacting us at info at com and visit our website at com.
2: So, Chris, what are we
1: going to talk about for Season 3 of What's Up ABQ? Well, Ryan, you see that guy screaming on the bus? Find out on the show.
2: Ooh, I love that guy. Or how about a real live alien?
1: Ooh, that's cool. How about a dairy farmer? How about a talking chili? How about
2: a fireman? Ooh, how about just two hours of beer pouring into a can?
1: A statue. A streetcar. An art bus. <laughs> Several art buses.
3: Catch the next episode of What's Up ABQ Season 3
1: what's
0: up abq is a proud member of the barilas podcasters guild